What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Monday edition of the Surf and Sales podcast. I'm your co-host, Scott Lease, along with my good friend, Richard Harris. And we're brought to you today by our good friends and sponsors, Gong, Vidyard, Findem, Perception, Predict, and Lead411. Check out those companies, that great products that help you and your sales organization. And we're joined by Sarah Beam, founder of Virago Ventures in the Los Angeles area. I'm not exactly sure what part of LA you're in, Sarah, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> okay. Now, tell us what Virago means and what, where, why is it the inspiration for your, your company's name? Okay, so it means um, heroin or warlike woman. So, you know, I kind of just like really like that embodiment when it comes to just women in sales and women in business. Um, and then ventures is just kind of like a, you know, unknown path or territory, just kind of like exciting things. So those two things was just kind of what I was going for. I like it. Here ago does, when I now, started it. Now, how does a woman from Kentucky end up running her own CRM business in LA? Tell us, tell us about your journey a little bit. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I moved to LA uh, about five years ago. Um, when I moved here, um, my husband is a comedian and he wanted to either move to LA or New York. And I was done with the cold. I was like, no, I'm not doing New York. So um, we were like, let's just move to LA. So we came here to visit. I wanted to visit first just to make sure I would like, like it. Um, so we came to visit and then we set a goal for the next a year from then to live here. So we just like quit our jobs, sold a bunch of our stuff and uh, saved a bunch of money and then um, just moved out here. So when I came out here, I started working for um, an e-liquids company. So it was a startup, very small. They had been around for like a year or two when I started. Um, so I went from a call center environment, which was super, super structured and corporate to a startup environment with a bunch of like 28 30 year olds you know so it was like the polar opposite and it was like really intense for a while so I had to like get used to this just kind of new environment of kind of like you know wearing a bunch of different hats so I was their first outbound salesperson so I kind of helped and created a lot of the sales processes so you know creating the scripts email scripts call scripts um, setting goals, things like that. Um, and when I started, they had a CRM um, in place. It was Salesforce IQ. So I don't know if you're familiar with Salesforce IQ, but it's now Salesforce Essentials. So it was their like kind of smaller, it used to be Relate IQ and then Salesforce yeah. took it over. The starter it became, pack. Yeah, it's like their starter pack. So when I started this system, I had never encountered a CRM before. I never used one, um, you know, working for a call center, we had those systems in place, but I didn't really know that's what, you know, a, I know what a CRM was. Um, but when I started, it was a very unorganized system. Um, so, you know, there was leads that were also accounts and, you know, I would call on it, you know, I would call leads thinking they were leads, but they were actually accounts because I was just doing the outbound. I wasn't doing any of the account management. So, there was a lot of confusion. It was kind of messy. So I kind of just took it upon myself to, you know, improve things. And I switched them from sales IQ into Zoho. So if you know me, or if you follow me on anything, you know, I 
I like Zoho as a company. So that's one of the reasons why I think I like them so much is I found them so long ago. Um, it was like five years ago when I first encountered them and I switched the company over to Zoho. But I ended up becoming uh, this company's director of sales. So I started as their outbound sales rep. And then yeah. within two years, I worked up to the director of sales position. While also so, basically doing sales operations. Yeah, yeah. That, so and glossed yeah. over the part and made it seem so easy that you're like a sales rep and then you built out all this operational stuff and switched. This is not easy. This is also not a normal path. So there's there must have been something about how busted all of that was that attracted you to, to spend so much time and energy in that, in that area. Cause on, on the flip side, I saw all these things busted and I'm like, I ain't doing that. I gotta find, <laughs> I gotta find somebody to help me fix that. Yeah. Right? So I think, I think the, I, I kind of think the call center is a, a, a big reason why process is, is just always been so ingrained in me as a salesperson, because as you know, being in sales, you don't, there's a lot you can't control, right? So you can't control who's going to answer the phone or who's going to answer your email or do any of this. And I hated that aspect of sales. I hated not having like any type of control over the outcome. So the process for me, gave me that kind of control. So that's why I really enjoy CRM system as a salesperson, because it gives me that type of you know, kind of control in this world of chaos, right? So I can like, no, when was the last time I talked to this person? Did they open my email? When did they open the email? When did they click on it? You know, I can have all these little insights that help me get to that end result. So I think having so much, you know, being in a call center for like four years, that was really where I learned a lot of my foundational sales techniques, right? Like how to overcome objections and how to build rapport, you know, the basic things I, I learned there. And I think having that and then bringing it into this world of kind of chaos, it was a, it was a, it was scary at first, but it was a, it was a benefit, you know, like I hated that structure of the corporate world and I, I hated the call center at times, but now I'm super grateful for it because I, I wouldn't have the knowledge or that that type of drive but yeah I don't know I, I, I wanted to fix the, the the process because I figured if you fix the process then it's just going to be, be better along the way so you keep putting band-aids over things that's not going to like ever get better and eventually your salespeople are just going to get frustrated they're just going to like you know leave so you, um, yeah how do you and I think I see this a lot and I and I 100% agree on trust building a process trusting the process the bigger the organization, the more people want to touch it, right? How do you prevent, I call it field creep, right? Where all of a sudden, you know, sales reps are now required to get all this data for some report that really doesn't matter to them. How do you encourage a company to understand where that boundary is? So, and you mean that's like when entering the data into the CRM, yeah. right? it could be data but it could also be the notes from the call it could be yeah you know all those things if you're not careful you know the, you know it could take 60 clicks to update a single opportunity record yeah and i think so that question there's a, a lot of different pieces that play into it so one is you know making sure that the security settings and the the pro the permissions that that role or profile has is isn't too much right so you don't necessarily want sales reps being able to create new fields or like 
adding different things. Like I like creating um, like pick list fields, for example, rather than having, um, you know, you let's say, for example, I'll see some CRMs will come standard with an industry field and it won't be a pick list with a bunch of options. They'll be able to type something in. So sales rep number one will type in finance and then sales rep number two will type in finance services. So then you have the same thing, but you have two different things. So when you filter your reports, it's really difficult. So making pick list fields, so then they pick the same exact thing, make sure, make sure your data is, is, you know, consistent. And it makes it easier for them because they don't have to think about it. They're like, what do I need to enter here? Oh, here are my options, A, B, or C. And it's also cleaning up those options. Like, you know, some of them might come with 55 different industries. And it's like, you don't work with all those industries. So take out the ones that your sales reps don't need to see, because that just makes them feel like there's just all this information that they don't need to enter. Same thing with the fields on the records themselves, right? So if you don't necessarily need to know the account's address, because you're storing that information on the contact, take it out of the account page, you know, so then they don't even see it. And they don't feel like they have to enter that information in there. But really, it's about trying to enter it in one time. But it's also like, if you enter it in correctly, the first time it should convert as it goes through the process. So like, if you're entering in leads, and the leads are qualified and clean, when you convert the lead into an account or a contact, then that information hopefully maps over correctly. And then it just kind of like fills it in for your rep. So your rep doesn't necessarily have to do it. So I think you can encourage, you know, having them enter the more important things and not focus on that kind of stuff, you know, focus on like, and then building in a sales methodology within your CRM. So it's like, if you're, you know, whenever you're following up, if you're adding a call record, make sure you add it as a call record, not a note. You know, those are things that you just have to lay out for your sales team and then explain it to them. So they understand how to enter the information. And then they also understand how the information is being reported on, you know, because I've had reps be like, well, I sent an email, but if you don't send it within the CRM, it might not show up on the report. So then it's like, well, you know, I'm sorry, you have to send it within the CRM. So then it shows up on the report. It's frustrating at first, but it's just kind of like, it takes that like, takes the habit, I guess. And then it also takes everyone holding everyone accountable to make sure they enter it that way. Well, I want to, that was a great answer. And that, that's the kind of stuff I like to hear, but I want to back all the way out of this. I want to go way back to Kentucky and, you know, when did you realize you liked some level of sales Were you, the, the person who was, you know, the lemonade stand or anything, like when did that hit you? And for those no. who are listening, she's shaking her head and her eyes got like saucer big. Like, <laughs> yeah. no. No, so. hate hated it, hated it in the beginning. I hate everything about it. So I graduated college and my first job out of college was a commission only cell phone retailer. So for eight months, I only did like, oh, I would work 12 hours a day some days and not make a dime because nobody came in this is in this is in rural eastern kentucky too okay so if people don't pay their bills which it did happen my commission would be revoked i'd have to pay like it was insane It, it wasn't a um it wasn't a corporate direct it was one of those like retailer like third party retailer cell phone uh places so uh i did that for eight months and i i hated it and then i saw that a call center was coming to town and it was new. 
Um, and they were like accepting sales reps and there was an hourly pay and the commission. I was all about that, but I just kind of fell into sales. It, I didn't like it in the beginning, especially didn't like the call center because everything was recorded. They play back your calls, dissect them and just basically tell you everything you did wrong. This is what you could have, should have said this, should have done this. Oh, and then I, I took the job at the call center because I wanted to become a supervisor. I didn't want to be a salesperson. I wanted to be a, a supervisor or a manager of some sort. And I assumed, I kind of thought that if I got in early and I worked hard and approved myself that I would get promoted early, which was what happened. I was about eight months or so and I became a supervisor. So, um, and then I did that for, for three or four years before we moved, but that was a lot of, you know, being the person that had to listen to calls while they were on the phone and, you know, coaching and dissecting in real time and Which, wait, but you doing hate, all that. So. You, hated, you hated being the one evaluated, but you didn't hate evaluating. No, I guess not. <laughs> other people. That's right. I guess not. You've yeah. us constantly through this interview. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that's a good way to put it. Well, look, I think that's more common than people might be willing to admit. I, I, I was good as a sales rep and hated it. And I figured the only way to get out of this job is to be so good at it that I never have to do it again. So yeah, I felt like that's kind of a similar uh, yeah. path to what, to what you took. You know? Yeah. 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 So, but, but I mean, since I left there, every other job I've done has just been sales. <laughs> it's just been tons of sales. Like, you know, I, even as the sales director of a company, I was still maintaining relationships. I was still doing sales and now running my own company. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's selling myself and then also selling people on what I'm trying to offer them. So it's still just so a ton of sales. You started this in January or February of this year, 2020? Technically, yeah, technically January was when I was like incorporated, but I kind mm -hmm. of started doing it like around December or so. But yeah, January is when I like to say I started, so. And so did you time. have an oh shit moment when COVID hit in March? Were you like, oh my God, I just started this company? Like as an entrepreneur, right? Like that's got to be super scary. I mean, scary enough to like, can I get this done by myself, you know, or mostly by myself? Now what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. This year was like, there's been lots of those moments. Like, and that's why I think like being an entrepreneur is just a ton of this, right? It's a ton of up and down where you're like, this is great. And then it's like, no, it's down. Cause I mean, when I first started the year, I was like, oh, this is just, well, I mean, honestly, when I first started, I wasn't really focused on CRMs at all. I was more geared towards sales enablement and just like enabling your sales team with the tools and resources they needed, which a CRM was a part of that, but it yep. wasn't my main focus. You, and then you narrowed your, your mm -hmm. pitch and your delivery. Yeah. You, you yeah. Ran a little tighter. Gotcha. Yep. I started, I started noticing, you know, that like a CRM is something a lot of companies don't have, but they need, especially with the way things are going. Right. So it's like, I, I mean, in March, my, I had one client at the time, so it was like, it's not good to have all your eggs in one basket. So I had one client at the time and that client was like, we have to put all of this on pause because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen either. So, you know, they had to put everything on pause. So then I went from like working to like not working at all. So I was like, okay, I have to use this time wisely. So I just tried to start writing blog posts, building up content, like, you know, trying to like put information out there 
that I thought people wanted that people would want to know. So then it would just help them come to me later. And then I also started just paying attention and listening, you know, to frustrations that people were seeing. I, you know, started like researching more about, you know, what people were doing with their CRMs, you know, how, how they were, what were their struggles with it right now. Um, and then I just saw there was a big opportunity there. So then I was like, let me just put a lot more focus in on, you know, helping people implement their CRM systems and, you know, making it work for them. Because I think it really is a science and an art. I don't think it's just a one, you can't just like say, here you go, here's a new system, run with it. Um, you know. What mistakes have you been seeing repeatedly in people's CRMs? Like, what are they? And sometimes it's just, oh, I probably should, but I'm too lazy or I don't have time. Like, what are the, some of the, the big mistakes that if people took time to do, they'd be like, oh my God, thank God. Um, number one, they don't customize it. Um, so either like not fully set up or customized to your business processes. So, you know, a lot of people just take it out the box, start using it, import their data and just go. And then, you know, I've had, I've had founders be like, I just want to open. But when you say, cause I, I, I got it. Like I kind of customize mine, I think, but like, what do you really mean by customization? Like, I mean, actually like going in, taking out all the fields that you don't need, you know, and, and really like tracking the information that you want to really track and making sure that it also like maps over. Cause that's a big thing that people don't necessarily think about. They think that, okay, if, you know, if, if it, if it starts off as a lead and I convert it, all that information is going to transfer over. But let's say, for example, you have a field in your leads module and you don't have it in your accounts, that information goes away when you convert it. It's going to be lost in the lead. It's just lost because it, it's not mapping over correctly. So that's a big piece is a lot of people fail is, you know, that the data isn't very clean. So their, their data in their CRM is, is messy and that causes, problems with their sales reps you know so their sales reps might reach out to somebody and, and think they bought from them on this date when really they haven't in years or the name is wrong or the email is wrong so you know not setting it up and making sure it's customized to you is going to eventually lead to unclean data if you're not careful so that's a big big problem is and then bad data also leads to reporting that's not accurate so it's like you know like i was saying let's say you want to know how many of your accounts are in Florida. If one rep puts Florida and one rep puts FL, it's going to like, you know, cause you to pull up incorrect data. So I think bad data is a, is a bit big. I've been victimized by all of these things <laughs> point in time or another that Sarah is mentioning, Richard. I don't know if you have, since you keep impeccably clean information in your CRM. I'm less detail-oriented than you. It's interesting. I'm probably a hybrid of... Well, Scott, what do you think I do in my CRM wrong? So I bet you know the answer. What do, what do you do wrong in it? Yeah, what do you think I'm doing wrong? You put way too much information exactly. in it. Exactly. No, no, you should put all... He says no, wait, no, no, Richard, no, hold no, on. No. Wait, Richard, she, Sarah's about to tell both of us no. why that's you should do that. Yes. But, Put all your information in there. Put everything in there. Be as detailed as possible. Oh God, everything. I'm getting everything. Thinking about this. Everything. But doesn't, oh, doesn't everything. This take for this takes forever though, and eats up uh, salespeople's time. No, Sarah. If 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 you've put good processes in place, 
to make the data entry easy for them, it doesn't have to take up a lot of time. Like it, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to take up a lot of time because it's like, and it's going to make your life easier in the long run. You know, if you're a salesperson, you're likely juggling so many different relationships. It's difficult to remember everything, but if you take good notes, you're going to be able to look back at that on your next conversation. Let's talk about data for a second, because we just wrote about this in the, in the, the blog. Um, how much data should an organization provide to the sales rep before they walk in the door that day versus the sales reps having to go hunt it down? Oh, I, I guess it just depends on your process, you know, and, and do you provide your leads for your sales reps or do you what would, what expect would you, your... If you were creating the perfect process, what would that look like, Sarah? you want to just, you want to gather the information that you want to track, right? So you want your sales team, like, you know, if, if you, if, 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 if think of it, the way I think of it, like, is, you know, most people track information on a spreadsheet, like through columns and rows and all of that stuff. So if you're going to track it in a spreadsheet, you can track it in a CRM, just make a field for it. Um, and then try to make that field, you know, easy to use and easy to identify. Um, and yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to take up a lot of time. And if I think people look at entering in, um, you know, data into the system as like an administrative task when really it should be looked at as a sales task because it is helping you in the long run. So, you know, look at it like, you know, I don't know. I, like I just look at it as like, it, it is, I think it is a revenue generating activity yeah. because in the long run, it's going to help you get more sales. It's, it's weird. I'm, I'm like so conflicted on this topic because when I was originally a salesperson, I never had a CRM. So we didn't use anything but our like outlook calendar. And then yeah. I spent 16 years in sales leadership and I want all the data to be clean and perfect so I can get insights and all this stuff. And now I work for, for myself and I don't use a CRM at all and I take terrible notes and I'm doing like just perfectly fine over here in my head. But in your head. But then when, but then I was like, how are you going to grow from that though? You know, like that's, that's the thing is like, how are you, it's well, all in your head right now. Yes. Uh, well, if, if I want to grow, to know what to forget. if you want to grow, if I want to grow though, Right. That's one of the beautiful things about being your own boss is like nobody's telling you you have to grow. I don't have to raise yeah. my quota. I don't have to do more. No. In theory, if I can just hold serve, Richard's over there shaking his head. He wants to kill me. No, no. I like Scott. I remember. I remember this last is, year. This this the dichotomy of it, though. Right. Like I understand now from a rep's perspective, like this fucking sucks. I don't want to enter all this information in. I also stand from the executive perspective. No, I need all this information. It's super helpful. And I can't make decisions about the organization's future without it. So I understand the, the battle. So this is like, the, but this is where the connection has to come in play. And this is where I think I, because I've seen it from both, both ends of the spectrum too. Like as a sales rep, I've been annoyed with having to enter in information, but usually my frustration stemmed from the system itself being a mess and leadership not helping us to put it where it needs to be. Like, you know, because I've had 
I've worked with, C- with CEOs before who's like, look, I just want to open Salesforce. I want to see where we are. And then I want to go on with my day. It's like, well, yeah, I get that. But your team needs to understand like how to enter the information and they need to know what you want to see. So like, it's like both, both have a need for it. They're just like on different pages. And if you could just like get on the same page and leadership, help your sales team understand why that information is helpful, then, you know, they'll probably be more likely to want to enter it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to come out because, you know, you're pretty social, right? You are, I know you on Twitter. I know you on LinkedIn. Um, Your Twitter game is fierce, right? Not just from (laughs) this perspective, but, but a hilarity perspective. You're very funny. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. How do you, and this is separate of the CRM, but I'm curious, how do you see the branding side of building your own business, whether you work for another company or yourself, and how have you been able to integrate that into your personal life, business life, and, and where it overlaps? Um, I kind of just... I. I guess I'm just kind of myself. Uh, Most of my, any of my stuff on Twitter is usually just like random thoughts. Um, Sometimes like, sometimes the most likes and stuff I get on a tweet is just something that I've just thought of in the moment. And and then I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe that was as popular. I can't believe I got that many likes, you know? So um, I'm just trying to be myself and I want to work with people who want to work with me as myself, um, you know, but so yeah, I just try to just be myself and be authentic, um, you know, and, but also be professional at the same time, but be honest as well. So I don't know. This is where, this is where we struggle, Richard, because if we're totally <laughs> honest, you and I are just not very professional. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't worry about it. Like, you know, <laughs> I wrote this post the other day and I started talking about the cancer of salespeople and in fact the cancer what what a CRM is like when it you know CRM can be like cancer it can spread so much negativity and I just mm-hmm. went off on this nasty rant and I was like oh this is too dark it's too gross <laughs> it probably <laughs> did really well though. so um, if someone's looking for their first CRM right and look they're obvious there's Zoho there's uh, one page. I don't know if they're still around. There's Salesforce. There's Sugar. Like, HubSpot. I just want to even go about choosing the right CRM. That um, that's a. I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Um, a lot. Salesforce is um, probably the most well known. So a lot of times people are like, Oh, I, I I need a new CRM. Let me just go for Salesforce or HubSpot's another one that people go for because they have a, a good free um, option. Um, but that's the problem is people don't necessarily think about everything or, or think about it in a long-term way, because sometimes it's like you start off with a free platform, but then you want to add more contacts and then charges come into play or different things. So there's so much that goes into it. You have to really like, so I recommend working with someone, um, you know, like a consultant or there's other different, you know. Um, agencies that help with uh, partners of various different kinds of CRMs and just kind of like, or just, you know, go to different ones and, and, and compare the different options of what you're looking for. Um, but, you know, 
starting off and, and trying to find something new, just think long-term, um, you know, what are those like long-term things that you're, that you're looking for within a system? You know, are you going to want to integrate email uh, or like campaigns or inventory management or social or, you know, what are, what are the different things you're going to want to integrate into it later? And then how are those things going to play into each other um, down the road? Yeah, what, what is the, I've been a huge advocate for, starting rev ops sales ops you know crm work really early mm -hmm. for everybody out there who's in a leadership role sales leadership role right now or entrepreneurial role and they don't under they really don't understand the value or they think well we need to start selling stuff before i invest in operations and enablement what are they sacrificing by doing that why is that, you know, a bad mistake? I have my, my own reasons I've talked about it before, but I want to know from an ops and enablement and CRM expert like you, why is, why is it a bad idea to wait and not get started right away on it? You're, you know, just risking losing some of that information as you go, you know? So I got a CRM immediately. It was the first thing I did. You know, of course I got a CRM immediately. That was the first thing I invested in. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I like, it was the first thing I wanted to get. And then I started building on my processes from there. Um, and that's another reason why I like Zoho is they have the option of Zoho one. So I'm able to start with one platform and then build all these, all these other ones that I want, but I'm starting this now and early and I get annoyed with it sometimes. Like I even have spreadsheets where I'll keep track of stuff. And I'm like, no, I got to move this over into my system because then if, and when I grow, you know, my team can look back and see all the stuff that I've been doing. So then I can be like, you know, look at all, you can see the complete history of this, of this person and this relationship. And, you know, I can know that I started from day one um, with those relationships. And I, you know, I like that. So I think the earlier you start keeping track of this information is it's just going to be more valuable as you go. Um, because even if you lose the relationship, you can, you know, write down why you can remember why you could try to go back later and then build it back up. You know, there's just, there's just, knowledge and information is just very valuable right now. So if you, you know, keep track of your relationships, it's only going to strengthen those as you go. So the earlier you start, the better. And there's free options. So, you know, you can start free and then grow. I feel like she's trying to say I have no excuse, Richard. Pretty much is, actually. <laughs> so, Just do it. And, and like, you know, you, you update your stuff as you go. You know, you have your conversation, update it, move on. You know, it's like you say you have all this stuff now in your head. But, you know. I didn't say that. It's, I didn't say it's in my head. <sighs> I think. It's just not in a CRM. <laughs> so where do you put it? horrible places because <laughs> i'm like you're putting it somewhere stuff. huh for, for the guy who wrote addicted to the process what is your process or are you just addicted to a shitty process in this particular instance well in this particular instance um i have a process and it involves spreadsheets just like sarah's talking about and uh not robust notes but I, I don't look. I'm 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 in a blessed situation, as you know, Richard. Like I don't have I don't do any outbounding, right? Everything is coming coming to me. 
my sales cycle is extremely short to get a yes or a no. If it's a no, I have a list of everybody. I can follow up with them in particular months. So I'm, I'm cheating the system right now. I'm winning in a lazy man's game right now. And it won't last forever. But, you know, I've been killing myself for 20 years and I'm doing, I'm doing all right right now, Richard. So you're always telling me to relax. This is my version of relaxing a little bit. You're your own most hated manager. Having yeah. worked with you and known you so long. Yeah. Like, that's, I, I think the problem is, Scott, is that at your two first startups, you never had a CRM. You had that's to right. do it this way. Yeah. And so it's yeah. been ingratiated into you. 100%. This is just what you do. Like I'm yeah. not gonna, and and then I know I know that if I told you Scott it was only a hundred bucks a month or less to have a CRM or less, you'd be like, oh, that's not so bad. And then you go in the math, you but wait a minute, that's like a twelve hundred dollars a year. I'm not spending twelve hundred dollars a year on yeah. that. I can do it in Excel. Yeah. Like this yeah. is how Scott thinks. I'm a cheapskate. I'm a cheapskate. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, but this is only for myself. When I'm when I'm running a, a sales organization, listen, I don't take a VP of sales job unless I can hire somebody like Sarah as my very first hire, yeah. as, as you know. So I understand the value of it. In particular, if you're involved in a, in a building uh, and scaling a sales organization of any size, I think it's a little bit different when you're a solopreneur. Okay, yes. so cut me a little bit of slack here, Richard. Oh, a little bit. Just Why so would I ever do that? No, no. I'm a solopreneur too and got to have it all in a CRM. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to use my project management systems best I can. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm right in between the two of you. I feel like I can't do it like Scott does, but I feel like if I had all the tools that Sarah did, I'd spend too much time in the process and not enough time in the customer. Well, you can get distracted by gadgets. You can, That's, you can, you can, you definitely can. <laughs> you definitely can. Like, yeah. especially like when you start like putting stuff on your website and like looking at different, you know, metrics on like, what are people viewing and how long are they viewing it? Oh yeah. There's all kinds of stuff you can get distracted. <laughs> now, let me ask you a real practical question. If, if somebody wants to stand up a good uh, Salesforce instance or whatever the tool is, Zoho or whatever, what is a reasonable expectation for um, a founder or, or a VP of sales, you know, to have? How long does that process take? Is that a week? Is it a month? To implement a, to implement like a brand new CRM? Like, let's, say, let's say built from scratch. Let's say like Richard and I uh, have nothing. We want to get a, a, a CRM for our, you know, for surf and sales, right? And, and we're like, Sarah, how long is this going to take? to put in place? How complicated is it going to be to teach us how to use it? I think people truly don't, don't know. So I'm, I'm hoping you can shed some light on that. I think it depends. There's a lot of factors in play. Um, but you know, it depends on the number of users that you're adding to the system because training is very important um, when you're implementing a new CRM system. So one is how many users are you going to add to the system? And then also how much data are you bringing into the system? Those are going to be the biggest time, um, I would say, suckers out of the project. Because, you know, once you have decided on what the right system is, then, you know, basically like someone like me, I'm like, give me all your data. I'm going to take it. I'm going to build your system, import your data, and then I'll train your train your sales team on, on this process. So you don't even really have to like kind of like think about it because 
the, the data in your spreadsheet is the data that you're going to want to track in your CRM. So I would say, depending on those few things, um, an implementation can take anywhere between four to like 12 weeks or even longer. It just depends on how many people there are. If it's a small one, you know, in a basic implementation, like let's say five users, few thousand records or so that would probably be like four to six weeks but also you know a lot of it a lot of it depends on the the company's urgency to get it done because for example I've been working with one client who has a CRM in place and we're just working on improving it to fit their workflows and it's taken since May and it's November but that's because you know they're really busy on their end. So sometimes things get stalled yeah. on these types of projects because it's much faster and easier to do your route and just stick with the spreadsheet and just enter all the stuff in the spreadsheet and keep going and keep moving and not even do all this stuff, which that's, that's probably like the biggest piece I try to sell is, you know, like, like let's set you up and then you'll be, and then you'll be going, but it's just that implementation part is like the hardest part for people to, because they want the system, but they don't necessarily want to have to do that work yeah. to, to get it to, you know, they just want to like, they just want it in there, you know, they want to just start it and it goes. Um, and yeah, so I, it just, it, there's a lot of factors that, that depends, but it could, you know, a basic implementation, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, it just really depends on, on the, the trading schedule too. Um, because that's really important. User adoption is very, very, very important uh, for CRMs in order for it to be successful. Because even if you implement it beautifully, if your team doesn't use it, it's pointless. Totally agree. So um, we got to sort of move to shifting, but I have, a, I have a question before we ask our last question, which is, uh, you said you guys moved to LA because your, your husband's a comedian. Who is your husband? What kind of well, does he do? Let's give him a plug, you know. Um, his name is Jeremy Beam. Um, he does, well, comedy is kind of dead in um, in uh, LA right now. There's not much going on. Can't really do much, many open mics or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, he does uh, cybersecurity and IT by day uh, for a Hollywood IT company. So he works um, with some really like fun clients, like people on TV and Netflix and stuff. So it's interesting. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, our, our, our last question, and before we ask it, you know, quick shout out to Vidyard and um, Gong and Lead 411, Perception Predict, and Bindum for all their support. But what can we do to help you? How can we be of service to you? Any question you want to ask, feel free. Um, I, you know, I guess just, if anyone needs any help with their CRM systems or, you know, if you don't have one and you're looking for one, um, you know, if you have any questions, uh, you know, I'd be happy to help. Uh, that's really what I do is just kind of work with companies um, and even individuals just to evaluate their current processes and, you know, help them implement more uh, organized and uh, procedures with CRMs and sales processes so if anyone needs help I'm happy to help so you know Scott if you ever want to get a CRM in place I'm happy to help you know I we could start off with the free one the you can get is, it as cheap as like ten dollars a month I'm telling you we can go really good cheap, is, so. I know exactly where to go if I need help That's <laughs> so yeah so I just want to help so um so yeah 
It's been a lot of fun and, and thanks for bringing in some insight. So people should follow you certainly on LinkedIn, connect with you there, but definitely follow her on Twitter because she's hilarious too. So <laughs> fun. well, thank you. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us, Sarah. Thank you guys. It was really fun. <laughs>